Welcome here to Sports Stars. It's the start of the week after a massive weekend in both Camogie and ladies football. I'm Darren Kelly and we're here for the third half on Sports Stars. I'm joined by Colleen Duffy and Colleen, a massive weekend. Five teams qualifying for All-Ireland Finals. Yeah, it certainly was, Darren. And also, not just a massive weekend in terms of the significance of these games, but also a massive weekend in terms of the performances generally across the board. We saw great performances from all teams involved. Some very unlucky, some will be very disappointed, but ultimately we now know the first of the senior finalists in ladies football and, of course, the two intermediate ladies football finalists. And, of course, we know our two Camogie All-Ireland finalists, a repeat of last year's decider. It's going to be a couple of interesting weeks ahead. It certainly will be a couple of interesting weeks. And as Coley mentioned, there will be five games to get through over the next 20 odd minutes. Later on on the show, we'll be hearing from the two winning Camogie managers, Brian Dowling from Kilkenny and Cahill Murray from Galway. And we'll also be talking to the Mead Senior Ladies Football Manager, Eamon Murray, after their victory over Clare. But as Camogie, we're starting off with two games in Porky Cueve yesterday Kilkenny 2 10, Cork 1 11, and Galway 1 11, Tipperary 8 points. Coley, let's start with Cork against Kilkenny we were concerned about Kilkenny coming into the game after pretty much a long gap from a meaningful contest with no disrespect to Limerick in particular but after a bad start to the game they really turned it around and were deserving winners yeah certainly no need really to be concerned from a Kilkenny perspective they've done uh, enough when it mattered most that second half uh, the goals from Anne Dalton and Miriam Walsh and um, we often give credit to forwards in games. The media in general often give credit to forwards. But it was also a strong defensive effort, uh, which really saw Kilkenny over the line in this one also. Especially having come back from an early six-point deficit to record a two-point win in the end. Huge effort uh, from Kilkenny. And nothing that you wouldn't be used to. They never say die spirit that's in Kilkenny certainly shone through on Saturday in Parky Queen. But when you've home advantage from a Cork perspective, um, you expect a, a good start. And a good start's half the battle. I've used that cliche a lot in recent weeks. Cork off to a flyer uh, from the throw-in, winning the free. Chloe Sigerson firing that over. Eight minutes in, leading by six. I mean, you, you just go, right, a good start. That's going to settle Cork. But we've seen before it's taking Kilkenny sometimes... Uh, time to move into games it's about playing over the 60 minutes rather than just playing in the in the first quarter I suppose from a Cork perspective they finished strongly in the quarter final uh, and really put it in in the final quarter and uh, this time round it was the reverse it was their opponents this time Kenny who had that stronger finish uh, Katrina Mackey she was in excellent form for Cork uh, but when you've got the likes of um Miriam Walsh for Kilkenny uh, playing outstanding. Denise Gall, pretty unerring from freeze. Six of her seven points came from place balls. And Dalton, always good as well. Um, you, you know you're in for a hell of a battle. Uh, the thing will be, will this be the, uh, the 
will the All Ireland final? Well, sorry, will the All Ireland winners have come from this semi final? Given it was a closer contest, who knows? But certainly, Kilkenny done enough and fully deserve enough their victory in the end. Some complaints afterwards, Paddy Murray given out about time played, but the clock in the stadium was correct. The clock that Owen Elliott, the match referee, obviously had was correct as well. Um, the RTE clock did stop because of the water break. And um, so there's those little idiosyncrasies uh, to kind of fix up, I suppose, as well. Overall, Kenny definitely won't have any complaints. Cork, another bitter pill for them to swallow. And uh, certainly a very uh, highly entertaining semi-final between Cork and Kilkenny. Nothing that we wouldn't have expected from these two counties, of course. Strong standard bearers when it comes to this competition over the years. So they have been consistent there. Indeed, I tweeted uh, trying to explain what the, was going on with the clock because the Camogie Association don't stop their clock with RTE days. And I was accused of anti-Cork bias by one follower of Sports Stats. But with regards Cork, and everybody knows here in Sports Stats, we're not anti-Cork. So we're glad to Rena Buckley as part of our team. But the big news leading into the game, Colin, was Gemma O'Connor starting the game. She started at full forward. She got a goal. It looked a good decision at the time, but I think it was Kilkenny goal before half time that had the bigger impact. What a catch from the air from Ann Dalton. Oh, super, super stuff. And um, you mentioned Gemma O'Connor there. I mean, for a player that missed out on um, the early stages of the championship because she had a punctured lung and to come back in, I suppose there's a benefit of 2020 as well. You know, that time allowed, she recovered on time. And she made that impact. But uh, what a catch uh, from Ann Dalton as well. I mean, Ann Dalton is a player that's certainly in contention for an all-star. She's always there or thereabouts every few years. She's had a couple of them already, of course. Uh, well, we haven't really talked much about all-stars or awards this year. We're just thankful to get games played as it is. But she's been an outstanding light for Kilkenny throughout this championship as well. Um, some excellent displays against Waterford she was outstanding as well um, but I suppose the, the thing about I don't think we saw fully what you'd expect for Cork maybe over the entire 60 minutes plus of the game and certainly a Cork team that would have All-Ireland medalists on show I know I mentioned that they both served up an excellent game but at the same time there were uh, little chinks I suppose and, and that will kind of add to Paddy Murray's frustrations at the full-time whistle. I know I was reading um, a piece that Owen Cormican done on the Irish Examiner's website that went up pretty quick after the game on Saturday, an interview with Paddy Murray. And, you know, Paddy, understandably frustrated, he mentioned about refereeing decisions and stuff like that. I, I don't think that's really where Paddy's real frustrations lie. I think deep down his frustrations often lie in how close his teams have got at times to pushing it over the line and not pushing it over the line. This was one of those examples on Saturday afternoon. And that obviously adds to the frustrations and it can be hard uh, to, to kind of compound all that sometimes too as well. But I suppose in terms of um, his frustrations with officialdom, he did mention he's been obviously a keen observer in recent years says he knows the rules and everything else and you know he was frustrated maybe with the way some of those rules were applied but I think if there's one thing that's been consistent in the last couple of years and you can read into a lot of what Paddy Murray says and you can take a lot of what he's saying as gospel and as fact and some of the rest of it 
has been a, a spent frustration that he's had over the years. And I know I've interviewed him myself after games as well, that he's frustrated with the interpretation of the rules. And I had Daryl Coher on Sports Dads Live on Saturday night. And we're talking a little bit around this. And I suppose bureaucracy and administration can be slow to adapt in terms of making rule changes. We've obviously talked before on the third half and on Sports Dads about the new rules that have come into play this year and how they've helped. But also, it, it takes time for officials and everybody, officials, players, and when I'm talking about officials, I'm talking about match officials in this case, um, to kind of get around this was that rule about physicality in particular. And sometimes um, the rule makers and the rule enforcers and, um, you know, there, it's across Gaelic games, and I talked with Dara Proher about this on Saturday. We were talking a lot about this on Sports Dads Live, and we were talking about how when, and this is across Gaelic games codes as well, you have that interpretation of the rule that's in play with a lot of rules as well. And that can add to the spent frustration of managers and others then after games when they reflect back and stuff, and they wonder why, things weren't implemented the way they might have thought because you know it's very hard if you had nine if you had 10 people in a room or sorry in a room would you get nine of those people on side with the same interpretation of a rule perhaps you might but maybe more often than not you wouldn't so it's going to take time for things to come into play and i think one of the things as well is i i've seen being on committees in the past don't try and change the rules every year. Give the rules that are in place time to bed in properly and get them as effective as you possibly can. And then see after a two or three year time frame what's working, what isn't, and then reflect and make those decisions correctly. And, and obviously bureaucracy and committees come into play it can take time for things to come through, but time is often a healer as well. But try and implement the rules that are there properly. And then, well, who knows? You, you might have an improved game after that and less frustrations when it comes to management or players, etc. We'll have a further talk on rules again, certainly the new experimental rules are in, but there were issues in regards to timekeeping and steps in particular in that game. We will have a quote uh, from Paulie Murray on sportsstars.ie on Monday morning. Well, let's hear from the winning manager from Kilkenny back into a fifth consecutive All-Ireland final. Earlier, I spoke to Brian Dowling. Delighted to be joined now with the Kilkenny senior camogie manager, Brian Dowling. And Brian, um, I suppose some people, maybe ourselves here, might have questioned the long gap between uh, the games you had this year lead into the game, but you certainly responded against Cork to qualify for the Ireland final. Yeah, no, I suppose we did hear a few things during the last couple of weeks that um, you know, maybe Cork were our favourites for the game and that. But look, I, mean, I suppose we did have a long way off and maybe people were right because we didn't start off um, too well yesterday and you know, took a bit of time maybe to get up to the pace of the game. I think for 10, our first goal came after 11 minutes, um, which was obviously disappointing. But I thought once we got going, um, especially in that second and third quarter, I thought we were on top and 
Cork probably dominated the first quarter and the last quarter, but look, we got over the line and we're delighted now to be back in our final. It was a game where experience was going to be key because, as you mentioned there, Cork going 1-3 to no score in front, uh, Jim O'Connor's goal, but I watched a video shot of you at one stage there. You weren't panicking. You were just kind of, you probably were showing a bit of um, concern in the situation, but you weren't panicking and gradually you got yourselves back into it. Yeah, like I suppose the first five minutes was very worrying, but after that I thought we were getting on the ball and creating chances and before we missed um, a few easy chances, um, you know, Denise Gall missed one or two that she normally scored in her sleep and it just, just you know, we dropped one or two, if you die and missed another one was short, like, you know, went wide. Um, there was just a few scores maybe that we should have been getting, so we're kind of, even when we came into the, the first quarter at the break, we kind of were, you know, we were more relaxed with the girls because we felt they were after getting and picking up for the last five minutes and we just asked for more composure and that and I think Anne's goal just before half time was a was a huge score for us and you know to win ahead after a one three down was uh you know was probably a big motivation factor and gave a lot of uh, confidence to the girls for the second half. I'm gonna ask you about Anne's goal in a moment because it was definitely the moment of the day yesterday but as you mentioned if ever it was a good advertisement for the water break it probably was for Kilkenny yesterday because as you mentioned it was a couple of uncharacteristic misses. You got you're only four points down at that stage it was back to one four to three points but he needed that moment with the players as you mentioned just to get them to settle down again compose themselves yeah look I suppose the water break it can be good and bad I suppose sometimes you're on top you, you don't want that break but I suppose yeah yesterday we, we, we did want the break just to have a chat with the girls and just to you know, reinforce that message just more composure and conviction and our shooting was probably the big thing you know and all the, 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 the shots were going wide at the one side and you know just, just that composure was just lacking and we just felt that look we were on the ball now we were getting chances and if we kept going we get the scores and look that's the way it panned out yeah, because even when we talk about settle, like he started off the game ten seconds in a free given away for steps. It was it was an issue throughout the game that the referee was very finicky about. Yeah, but look, I look back at it last night because um, I, I heard Cork were complaining about the steps. So I look back at it last night. We were done for for two. I think Cork were done for three. So I don't think that was a, a fair criticism, to be honest with you. Um, and I think uh, you know our message all week was was put the work on, on on Cork. You know they, they they like to play the ball at the pitch, and we felt that if we you know, put the pressure on them that we can get we can get the turnovers in and that's that's what it is, you know, the cards turned you know, we turned back and they had the ball too long. I think we were done twice as well, you know, I remember um, I think it was Ethan Island got done the first half. So look, I think it was for both teams and in terms of the ref, I think he was consistent on that. Um, you know, he did you know, he said to his two captains for a game he was going to let it go and I think he did like you know but we we'd be probably unhappy with some decisions and draw Carkwood as well, but I think that's after every single game he plays. So look I think um the steps was just because the work rate for both teams was, was so high that I think players um were forced to hold on to the ball maybe longer than it should be. Of course it was Denise Gall who was punished for that at the start of the game, but after the water break she was a whole new player too. Uh, sending over three frees as well as you've touched on. She sent in the delivery for a wonderful take from Anne Dalton before she put it into the back of the net. Yeah, it was a great goal. Look, I think everybody knows what, what Anne is capable of. Um, you know, she's she's capable of moments of magic, you know, even if she hadn't a quite game, she can she can just pull something out of the ass, you know, and that was a great um it was a great catch. She probably wouldn't be known for her, her area of ability catching the ball like that, but there's three or four car cars there and she just rolls above them and just think even with Anne it wasn't just the catch, it was the, the composure and the, the finish was so cool as well and but that's what she brings to the thing and you know she's um she's flying it now this year, she's um, really energized again. We gave her a break for a couple of months. She actually came back for her first training session was was our last training session before the, the lockdown. So she's had a, a really long extended break and um you know she's a very young family at home and we're just delighted that she's on board with us again this year.
And she has been so on form this year too. I've even seen her in club action as well and doing well. At half time, Ryan, 1-8 to 1-7 in front after the poor start. No doubt you were delighted with the situation. But after Orla Cronin equalised at the start of the second half, then came probably the big score of the match, Miriam Walsh's goal. Yeah, I think I said it before the game, you know, we've been saying it all year that, you know, we're kind of looking for goals, I suppose, like every team, and we, we probably hadn't been getting them in, in big games, and I think for the last four games against Cork, we, we Kenny only scored one goal in the four games, you know, and, and that's the one that they won the other, and then, so, look, we, you have to score goals as, uh, in, in big games, and I think that was the difference yesterday, that, that goal was a huge, huge, um, you know, driving force for us in the second half, and look, we went a long time after that without scoring, which, which obviously isn't good in our part, but, you know, it was a great goal from Merriam and Aoife Dyle made off the pass Merriam Merriam just head down and went for the goal and again show great composure and sights up the keeper and then finish off her right hand side You mentioned that 20 minute period in the second half would that be kind of a main area of focus ahead of the Ireland final? Uh, yeah definitely look, there's, there's a lot of things I think we can work on um, I said yesterday after the game I don't think it was our, our best performance no, but um, I suppose it was, a, it was a game that we we found a way to win which is very encouraging and Look, I'd be hoping that, and I know that if we want to win the other, Ireland, we're going to have to improve you today. You know, got a fantastic team, and we know, we know that better than anybody after last year's other Ireland final. And if we're not up to speed, you know, and God will 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 um, take you apart. Just two questions, Brian, before we let you go. Just touching on that point as well. We no doubt we'll be talking more about the final closer to the tie. But what does it mean to this group of players to get back to an Iron final, especially after the heartache they've suffered not just last year but the previous couple of years? speak about it at all you know we were just going down the car yesterday to win that game and you know we're, we're probably just getting our heads around it now and probably you know we'll have a chat maybe on Tuesday night and we're back training about it and you know it's just as great buzz there at the moment in the camp and I just think everybody's just delighted to be able to, to be playing Camogie you know during this uh, tough times and it's great to get out of the house a few nights a week and you know I can just really feel the guys are coming to train now and they're buzzing for it they're absolutely mad for it and look we're, we're absolutely delighted to be back in the other and as I'm sure God we are um, you start training at the start of the year that's where you want to get and you know there's only two teams left now so you know we're delighted to be there It's a final we're looking forward to finally Brian Kelly and Doyle back in the field of play delighted to see Ah uh, yeah look it's absolutely fantastic um, I suppose the, our last game was, was down in Cork in, in Parky Rain and she did her recruit after 11 minutes in, in the league game and you know she's absolutely devastated she's only 20, 21 years of age and that's her second time to do the cruise ship. and you know obviously it looked like her year was over and then the lockdown came it still looked like her year was over but the work and effort and time she's actually put into it has absolutely been unbelievable and like she, to get back on the pitch and train and I think after just seven months is, is to the day of the operation is absolutely incredible and it's a testament to her and look it's, it's great to have her back and you know we've, we'd love to have a few more together there as well you know Katie Powers after match yesterday see um, a photograph going around after the game all the girls went over to you know and stuff like that and you know Katie spoke to the group and Thursday was a huge motivation and look we are missing girls but in fairness to the new girls that are coming in to be six girls starting for you know kind of the first big championship game so for them to play down in, in Cork would hopefully be a huge uh, confidence booster as well I like listening sports dads because I like to listen to Ladies football and ladies camogie. That was the Kilkenny senior camogie manager Brian Dowling uh, talking to us after their 210-111 victory over Cork. And we'll be looking into that Kilkenny Cork game more on Thursday on Sports Stars Camogie with Amanda Hobbins. Cody, let's move to the second game of the double header. All Ireland champions Galway are back in the final, beating Tipperary 111 to 8 points. 
Tipperary had a good start to the game, but they didn't make a count on the scoreboard. And Galway, if anything, Galway just used their experience and know-how to make sure that they were victorious in the end. A similar um, enough pattern here to the Cork-Kilkenny game. Um, good start, and then the side that makes that good start don't make enough of that good start. And then it's the opposition that win in the end. Um, I'm going to mention it here. I have mentioned it all summer. I thought that Tipperary might be the All-Ireland champions this year. I didn't want to sit in the fence too much. I did mention, you know, a very strange year and I was kind of putting myself out there a, a little bit, uh, maybe a big bit in, in terms of picking Tipperary as the potential All-Ireland winners. Um, at times, they justified my thoughts in this semi-final but not enough times. And um, the other thing, I suppose, when you look at the injury list as well, uh, or the, the injury list uh, coupled with absentees, you know, no Nicole Walsh, no Ashling Maloney, who only made her senior inter-county camogie championship debut this year, but certainly was a huge part of uh, Tipperary's run to this All-Ireland semi-final. Arena Friday also missing. Of course, Arlo Dwyer, in Australia now, preparing for an Aussie rule season as well. And when you have all those key players missing, um, you're on a tough start as it is, but they did start obviously pretty competitively as well. But, you know, Carrie Dolan for Galway, I've seen loads of her, you've seen a lot more of her than I have over the years, Darren. But, uh, you know, that goal coming as it did after 15 minutes, it really was that breathing space throughout this contest uh, for Galway to pair through deservingly to uh, another All-Ireland final. And of course, set up a meeting, a repeat meeting with Kilkenny as well. But, um, you know, Galway haven't won back-to-back All-Ireland Camogie titles. There's a realistic chance for them to do so. Uh, very impressive. And when you battle against the weather conditions that were in Parky Cueve, I mean, one of the things on Saturday... The floodlights were on right from the off. And you had one of the earliest throw-ins for a semi-final uh, as well, uh, a 12 o'clock start um, for, for uh, the first of the semi-finals. And they were on right from the off. You know, that was the kind of day that it was on the banks of, of the Lee as well. But um, pound, pound for pound, uh, Galway deserved this win. And as I said, Kerry Dolan's goal, that catalyst, but really uh, provided the springboard uh, between the sides again looking to the back I mean you can always look at the forwards as I said about Cork and Kilkenny but you have to look at defensive displays as well and you know it's no surprise she's the team captain and I know a lot in recent years people would say well you know there's a squad of leaders the captain is just an extra a thing that is beside someone's name on a match program these days or if there's a responsibility to go and lift the cup at the end of the championship well one person does it, and that's the captain. But Sarah Durvin, really um, a huge leader over the years for Galway, the captain, of course, this year as well, and a stunning display for her uh, from full back as well. Um, you know, Neve Hanafy uh, uh, among those uh, good as well. I mean, you could go right through this Galway squad. I mean, Carrie Dolan finished with one, three. Uh, one of the things, I suppose, as well to look at within this Galway display was not an over-reliance on scores from place balls. Um, two of Dolan's three points uh, came from place balls, a 45 and a three. Uh, likewise, uh, Siobhan McGrath with a point from a 45. Uh, she popped the penalty 
over the crossbar as well. But, you know, there was always the case where Galway were, were looking good as well. A great spread of scores right around the field as well. Um, this is a Galway team that are firmly intent, obviously, on retaining that All-Ireland crown. They've got the calibre of player that can do that, obviously, a lot from last year as well. And they've got some real talent, uh, which came off the bench as well. The likes of um, Siobhan McGrath, of course, Cohn as well. Um, some excellent players there to pick from too. And it's going to be, I suppose, a welcome headache for Cahill Murray that the players that did come on uh, certainly showed their worth as well and that there's a strong, strong panel there uh, to look forward to this All-Ireland final in Crow Park in a few weeks' time as well. Um, mentioning the lack of reliance on place balls from a Galway perspective, um, half of Tipperary's tally came from freeze. Caught Devan, popped over six points. Four of those came from place balls. Roisin Howard, Sarah Friday, also on target with a point from play each as well. But um, Galway, to their credit, mentioned the defensive display. Um, they really um, stopped Tipperary from any kind of goal chances. There was a couple of rasping shots went in from a Tipperary perspective, but Galway were well uh, up for this from a defensive viewpoint as well. And, um, you know, on Anya Slattery, um, the Tipperary goalkeeper at the opposite end making a, a point-blank save from Ailish O'Reilly. I mean, Galway could have had further goals. That chance came just before half-time, won six to five points at that stage. A vital save from a Tipperary perspective, but, uh, you know, Galway opening up a seven-point gap on the restart, and that cushion was really there for large stages of the second half as well, despite the efforts of Sarah Friday. Um, among others, it was it was always going to be Galway's there. Wasn't he held on to win by six points in the end? Let's hear from the Galway senior Camogie manager Cahill Murray. Delighted to be joined now by the Galway senior Camogie manager Cahill Murray. And Cahill, first, congratulations, Galway back in the All Ireland final. Um, yeah, thanks for the Yeah, to look at it, it was great. Um, great to win it yesterday, and um, look, we're very happy. Obviously, to be back in the All Ireland final. Um, it was a tough goal at times yesterday, but um, you know the goal was really, really. Important to us in the first half, I suppose, and um, you know the last twenty minutes we kind of, you know, Tipperary really put it up to us, alright. But I think we we held up well. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Tipperary did put it up to you too. They were was their third semi final. They were determined to get one over, and especially I suppose, Colin, in the first half, um, they made life very very difficult for your team, but you remained composed throughout it. Yeah, listen, we always knew it was going to be a battle. In fairness, um, you know they beat us already earlier on the, in the year of the league. And um, looked at a great win over Watford as well, and uh, good win over there in the group matches. So look, we knew how good they'd be, and um, yeah, look at I thought we were composed, right? In fairness, I don't think this is our best performance ever, but look, we're 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 really really happy with a lot of things, was, and uh, especially happy to get over the line. Yeah, the opening quarter in particular, Tipperary wasted a few scoring opportunities that could have given them some form of foothold on the game. But then again, you had your own scoring chances too, even if you weren't taking them. But you just mentioned there, 15 minutes in, the goal from Carrie Dolan, very crucial. Yeah, it was crucial, to be honest with you. I think Tipperary were probably on top of the time. But, um, you know, we still had a good few other chances in the first half. I think it was, you know, our scoring sets were 7 out of 14 at half time, which which is something we definitely need to look to improve on. But um, 
no, look at um, at times you looked really, really good. Other times, you know, we have to improve on a few things. But look at you know, at that after semi final, and um, the main thing is when they're in the final now, and uh, really looking forward to the next two weeks now. At half time, you led by four points. There was other big moments in the game too. Tipperary coming close to a penalty. You also Sarah Healy pulling off an important stop. What did you say to the team at half time? Because you came out after the break and really, I suppose, in one way, stamped your authority in the contest. Yeah, we just spoke at half time. I suppose just up the work rate, and um, you know, I suppose to take the chances. And um, you know, I think Arlo McGregor got a couple of scores just after half time, which really, really settled things. And um, yeah, look at the, you know, we seem to be on top for a long period of the second half, and probably didn't put on score. She's enough, you know, missed the penalty, and probably another goal chance as well that we missed too. But um, look, you'll have you'll have days like that. And um, as I said, the main thing was to win it. And um, you know, we held up really, really well in the last fifteen minutes because Tipperary put an awful lot of pressure on us. You know, backs are superb and um, hopefully that game is going to stand as a good state going forward. I'm going to ask you about the backs in a moment, but you mentioned Dorla McGrath. Two important points for herself as well. And also Carrie Dolan with a 45 after another Rebecca Henley special nearly caused problems in the Tipperary defence. Yeah, that's right, yeah. In fairness, I thought, it was going to go, I thought it was going to go over again, which would have been a great score. But yeah, look, they were really setting scores, which you needed in the, in the, in the third quarter, we'd say. And um, yeah, it was great to get them in fairness. Tipperary did get back a couple of scores and as you mentioned they did threaten near the end Tara Kenny pulling off a very important stop as well but your defence especially your full back line really again put in a fantastic performance as a threesome yeah so we're really 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 happy with how they're going in fairness and um, look at it I had to compliment the forwards as well you know our defence starts from, from 15 we always say that and um, you know the, the half forward in particular midfield are working really really hard and you know making it hard for Tipperary to get in quality ball into the full forward line but yeah, look at our backs. We've been really happy with how they're going. And they're a really settled unit and um, playing particularly well this year, thank God. How have you found it this year, Carl, as coming in as defending champions? It's always often very, very difficult to defend a title as much as trying to win it too. But you seem to go, this Galway team this year in particular seem to be dealing with the favourites tag much better than maybe previous teams. Um, yeah, listen, it's, it's not something we've, we've particularly talked about enough. Like, look, our goal was... As always, it is to get to the Ireland final. That's, you know, we wanted to get to the Ireland final every year, and uh, that was our goal at the start of the year. But, you know, we took it every game at a time, and, you know, I suppose the, the semi final last day was, it was the first time we really, really were, you were raising our favourites in the knockout game, you know what I'm saying? But um, I don't think it affects us too much, you know, because we're there to be shot at, but we know, you know, the likes of Cork and, and Tipperary and Kilkenny are all quality teams, and, you know, we're going to have to perform at our best to beat them. So, you know, whether we're favourites or not doesn't really come into come into that. Just a couple of questions, Carl, before I let you go. One eleven, no doubt. I know it's the time of the year and, and a physical contest that it was. Uh, would one eleven be a satisfactory total or do you feel you need much more before the final against Kilkenny? No, you don't need much more, to be honest with you. Look at another three or four points and stuff of that and you have a score that's going to score to win in that final, to be honest with you. You know, I think it was 2-10 um, Kilkenny score to win their semi-final as well. Like, look, you know, I think sometimes you think you, you, should, be, you should be putting up more but you have to you have to realise that it's not somewhere hurling now, you know, it's, it's it's November, it's December now when the final will be bad, like, so scores are going to come down and uh, conditions are going to be bad. But um, look, we're happy enough once we're, we're scoring more than we see, that'll do for us. And Carl, I know there'll be probably plenty of talking about the Kilkenny game leading up to the match. Did you get a chance to have a look at any of that game yesterday? And if you did, what were your thoughts, uh, initial thoughts about Kilkenny? Like Kilkenny are a serious side, we know that, like, you know, the, the workers as usual is one thing I, I stood out a mile, um, work it was absolutely massive and um, listen, I said in a lot of interviews yesterday, you know, Kilkenny didn't get enough credit for what they, what they achieved last year, you know, I got to an early final and scored 17 points and would have won a lot of returns and, uh, you know, that game, was only two points in that game, you know, with five or six minutes to go and mm -hmm. God, we just pulled away, you know, so look at 
you know, they probably didn't get enough credit. The winners always get the credit like, but that Kilkenny is they're a serious team and um, look we're gonna have to be our very, very best in two weeks time to, if we're going to beat them in our grand finals. I like listening to sports dads because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. And that was the Galway senior Camogie manager Cahill Murray after their victory over Tipperary and Porky Cleave on Saturday. The results again the Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Senior Camogie semi-finals. Kilkenny 210, Cork 111, Galway 111, Tipperary 8 points. And as Colleen has mentioned, the All-Ireland Senior Camogie final. Saturday week, the 12th of December, Crow Park, 7 o'clock. Galway against Kilkenny, a repeat of last year's final. And as we mentioned already, we'll be looking at Sports Dance Camogie again on Thursday. We look back at those games as well as looking ahead to next weekend's Intermediate and Premier Junior Finals down against Antrim and Armagh against Cavan. Uh, we're now going to move to ladies football and Colleen, of course, there was one... Uh, Semi-final in the TG Car All-Ireland Senior Championship. Dublin beating Armagh 3-13 to 3-8. Just when we think Dublin are vulnerable, they managed to find the answers. Yeah, and when we were talking last week about this, I wasn't totally convinced that Dublin were going to win this All-Ireland Semi-Final. And for uh, large stages of uh, the contest, it, it looked like that, I was fairly well justified. I mean, I know Dublin got off to that great start, 2-2 to a point ahead after eight minutes. Uh, but Armagh have that never-say-die spirit in the end. And I suppose a lot of missed chances from them in the second half in particular, maybe panic set in a little bit. And Dublin's guile just uh, really uh, came to the fore once more, particularly, I suppose, I think the crucial period of this contest was Carla Rowe dispatching that second half penalty and then following up with a point within 60 seconds. And one thing that you could learn uh, if you're an opponent of Dublin from this game, something simple, but something I thought was really effective was Dublin didn't celebrate their scores. As soon as Carla Rowe converted that penalty, she was making instructions for watch the kick out alerting their other players alongside and they were alert to the kick out. Rowe got possession and fired over that point. And that was, the, it's, it's those little things, it's that nuance, which uh, has really worked well for Dublin over the years as well. And one simple thing that opposing managements could take uh, from that Dublin thing, always be alert for your kick outs. Just, Carla Rowe simply dispatched that ball um, to her right and uh, what, what, a, what a goal as well, but quickly focused. And that was one thing I noticed that was a real difference between the sides in this contest as well. I suppose one key thing in this contest um, was Sinead Hearn uh, limping off uh, five minutes before half time as well. A, a huge loss one would say for Dublin, a huge loss if she was in action on any side. Um, but certainly um, Dublin have that strength and depth as well. I mean, there's so much to talk about um, in terms of uh, Sinead Hearn's abilities, but so much uh, also to talk about the strength and depth that's there in terms of Dublin's abilities as well. And, you know, you look at Nicole Owens, you look at Noel Healy, uh, Lindsay Davey. I mean, Dublin had eight different scorers on Saturday evening and uh, 
in terms of uh, Armagh, there was uh, five different scores, but certainly um, we know in terms of Armagh, a lot of the years, a lot of their scoring tally comes from the Mackin sisters as well. But there's others stepping up to the plate, the likes of Kiva Marley, for instance, Blaheen Mackin, both of whom popped over excellent points in this game as well. But uh, interestingly enough, and we talked about in terms of the Camogie earlier on as well. I mean, Sinead Hearn's only score of the contest was from a free. Uh, then three, uh, sorry, two other points, three other scores, one, two from Carla Rowe coming from place balls. That's a total of one, three out of three, 13. So you two goals and 10 points from play for Dublin. I mean, two goals and 10 points is a score that would win a lot of games on its own. And to get that all from play, it, it just shows uh, how good Dublin are. In contrast, you'd won four out of uh, Armagh's 3-8 coming from play. Interestingly enough, um, both of the goals, of course, coming from penalties. Carla Rose, as I mentioned, for Dublin. Amy Mackin, who, along with uh, Carla Rowe, finished with 2-4. In fact, both of them finished with 2-4, a goal from a penalty and two points from free. So those two players are certainly... Uh, well matched, that's for sure. And when you have someone like Carla Rowe to step into the void of taking those place kicks, when Sinead Hearn would normally take a lot of those efforts and to lose um, your, um, your, your key free taker, your main free taker over the years, um, certainly interesting. But uh, yeah, the goal um, for our ma, their, uh, sec- or, sorry, their first goal um, you know, that, that was uh, a key to bringing them back. Uh, then the loss of Sinead Hearn uh, three minutes before the break. Armagh getting in for a second goal, forcing a de- turnover back in their own defence. Sean Gray uh, with a counter-attack and Ethan McCoy uh, finishing to the net. And it was 2-5 to 2-4 at that stage as well. And then um, points from Blaheen Mahan and, of course, uh, Malin. Uh, from a free Armagh taking the lead for the first time in the 29th minute but Noelle Healy three points for her in that opening half and her third just before the break levelled it at 2-6 a piece at the interval Neve McAvoy what a player to spring off the bench at half time coming in for Sarah McCaffrey and then Dublin just pushing forward well in that second half as I mentioned that 1-1 in the space of 60 seconds a really crucial uh, for Dublin, Clodagh McCambridge picking up a yellow card uh, for the foul on McAvoy, which earned that penalty, sin binning for her. And during that uh, period where Armagh were reduced to 14 players, Dublin certainly capitalised, opening up a five point gap. But Armagh never said die. Amy Mackin getting in with a goal 12 minutes to go um, for her uh, second goal of the game, of course, as well. But Dublin just doing what they do. And Carla Rowe adding another point along with sub Kate Sullivan, deservingly into a final as well. And seeking that fourth uh, title, of course, in a row. It's uh, Dublin's seventh All-Ireland final now in succession. And uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see if they can be stopped in the decider. It certainly will be calling the Irish the team to beat and who they will play. We'll find out next week when Cork take on Galway. That's next Sunday in the LIT Gale Grounds in Limerick at half past one with that results again from the 
All Ireland Senior Ladies Football Semi Final sponsored by TG Car Dublin 313, Armagh 38. And we'll be talking more about that on Sports Stars Football with Neve Kendlin on Wednesday. Coley, just before we move on, um, our sports team here in Sports Stars are very prominent uh, across uh, the media over the uh, weekend because Amanda Hobbins was commentating on the Goy Tipperary Camogie match for Goy Bay FM. Neve Kendall was commentating for RT Radio in Dublin and Armagh. And Rena Buckley was commentating for TG Carr in Dublin against Armagh. Yeah, certainly, and uh, great performances off the pitches as well as on the pitch, of course, uh, by the aforementioned trio as well. Uh, great to see um, plenty of uh, former players and plenty of sports stars connections uh, showing their worth in those various media outlets as well. But uh, certainly they got plenty of good action to watch, that's for sure. And uh, I'm sure they'll have uh, plenty to talk about on uh, the podcast this week as well. We're looking forward to that as well. We'll run through everything before we wrap up the show. Let's move on uh, to the TG Carr All-Ireland Intermediate uh, semi-finals. Two games taking place, Mead 4-13, Clare 4 points. Let's talk first, Colleen, about today's game. Uh, Westmead 2-9, Roscommon 13 points. Roscommon certainly will probably leave this game regretting some um, errors, especially the two Westmead goals before halftime. Yeah, and... Um... A good start half the battle and, and Westmead off to a cracking start. I was keeping an eye on this one and after just 45 seconds, you you put the ball in, in the back of the Roscommon net and you'd say, wow, that's that's brilliant. And it, it took Roscommon a while uh, to get going, but once they did, I think it was about eight minutes in, there was five points in a row then and uh, Roscommon really, really uh, taking it to Westmead and nothing that you wouldn't, have expected, of course, that Westmead goal, the first one coming from Kira Blundell. At uh, Westmead, of course, in their first year at this le- uh, in their first year at this level, for almost ten years, um, you know, you have hotly fancied them perhaps coming into the game. But I did mention last week when we were talking a bit about Ross Common and two neighbours, obviously different provinces, but uh, Ross Common have really been impressive. Um, this year and um, will be disappointed not to be in an All-Ireland final as well but uh, this experience is really going to stand them in good stead going forward now too because you're, you're up against a team that lost um, to Mead of course uh, in the last two All-Ireland uh, semi-finals and a Mead team obviously that are now looking forward to an All-Ireland decider after a heavy win over Clare which we'll talk about in a couple of moments time as well and you look at the differences in terms of the league status Westmead obviously in Division 1 Roscommon in Division 3 you you definitely would be a proud Roscommon person uh, after this game despite the loss uh, because they came so close uh, to advancing to an All-Ireland final and it, obviously it hoped for a third time lucky uh, on Sunday afternoon but um, yeah it's uh, it's certainly one that while they'll be disappointed they'll take lots of positives from as well and particularly the way that they came back and responded after that Westmead start filled free uh, by Helene uh, after Hannah Jones had sent it in uh, spilled by Helena Cummins and um, Helena, you know, a, a goalkeeper comes off their lines and um, it's she looked like she possibly had it in, in control. But one thing I suppose I haven't mentioned here 
there was fog lingering around Glennon Brothers Pierce Park as well. So that may have been a factor, uh, but a mistake nonetheless. And the ball taps into the net by um, Kira Blundell. Disastrous start from Roscommon, but they responded well, as I said. Jenny Higgins, she's been mentioned a lot, of course, in the last couple of weeks. Caroline Conway, two excellent midfielders. They worked hard. A lot of uh, attacks went. Meade were under a lot of pressure defensively over the next 10 minutes or so. And Roscommon, crucially, earning the freeze. And um, Leona Archibald and Kira Blundell doing well for Westmead as well. But Amy O'Connor, Joanne Craig balancing it out from a Roscommon perspective. And in first half injury time, it was tied at one five to eight points. Um, but uh, with uh, Karen Hegarty doing well for Westmead, of course, huge experience there. And um, she was attempting to go for a point. The shot dropped short and it deceived the keeper once more. And um, disaster for Roscommon uh, again. And um, with following up with another uh, score, a point this time from 25 metres. And uh, Karen Hegarty, another score for them. Uh, and suddenly Roscommon had a lot of work to do in that second half. But they responded quite well. Three attacks, finishing with uh, three points uh, from close range freeze. And, um, but the leveller never came from a Roscommon perspective. Westmead continuing to keep in front. Um, the defence very strong. Um, Roscommon had uh, a lot of attacks, but Westmead turning the ball over and pushing forward a couple of occasions. They managed to get scores at the opposite end as well. Of course, Archibald is uh, central the cause as well. Leon Archibald has been a huge standard bearer, one of many players on the West Mead team in the last couple of years who's brought huge experience and huge enthusiasm, huge enthusiasm to this uh, Lake County uh, cause as well. Natalia McHugh, uh, Fleming as well, outstanding um, from a Roscommon perspective um, to leave it at just a point with 10 minutes to go, but Leanne's Slevin popped over her lone score. That was from a free couple of missed chances then from Roscommon. And in the end, um, the score that they required, um, that much-needed goal didn't come. And Westmead held out for a deserved two-point victory in the end. An incredible battle. And this is a game that will really set up Westmead nicely uh, for a crack at their other neighbours in Mead as well, because um, Westmead certainly got the... Uh, more testing of the two All-Ireland semi-finals this weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, well, and, and with all respect to Common, who played absolutely brilliant in the game, it wasn't expected. Westmead were expected to win that game, but if anything, Common will feel they should have gotten something out of it. And the player of the match was Jenny Higgins, playing her 101st game for Common. Third year in a row, Common have gone down in the semi-finals as Cody has touched on. But of course, Westmead are going to Crow Park. They're up against their neighbours, Mead. Um, went in as favourites in their semi-final against Clare. Nobody expected the result that we got. Mead 4-13, clear four points and calling quite simple, Mead are back in form. Certainly are uh, a royal route and there's no other way really to describe this. I mean, Clare had a lot of good goal scoring form coming into uh, this contest as well. I mean, they'd beaten Sligo quite well. You know, they they did some impressive displays. I talked before about their game against Leach 
a couple of games ago as well. And um, they, they had come out of what proved to be the tightest group in the end. One would have said um, they were well prepared, but I suppose there was a couple of things that were characteristic maybe of some of their displays prior to this. Had they got the defensive uh, side of things right and ultimately in this semi-final, when you look at a 4-13 to 4-point scoreline, the scoreline alone tells you that defensively they just didn't get it right. But Mead are a team that have an abundance of talent in the forward line. I mean, I'll mention two players, and then I'll mention about 10 more. I mean, Vicky Wall, Stacey Grind, consistency personified over the last couple of years that those players would always be up there when you're talking about me, ladies, Gaelic football. They certainly shone well on Saturday afternoon as well. But so too, the likes of Bridgetta Lynch, Nevo Sullivan, Emma Troy also, of course, is a player that features a lot when people are talking about Mead as well. Um, Morrow Shatnessy, captain this year, Megan Kine. This is a Mead team that I would say should have been going places at senior level. It hasn't worked for them at senior level in the last couple of years, uh, but in the intermediate grade, um, they, they'll be pushing hard now, obviously, for a title through to the final off the back of a very impressive display, uh, Stacey Grimes finishing with two stakes, two goals from a penalty, four points from three, but a plethora of scores. In fact, 10 different scores for Westmead. In contrast, just two scores, obviously just the four points from Clare, but only one point for Clare uh, during this game came from play, and that was Nevo D. Um, an early response. Uh, to uh, them a try score uh, for the Royal County as well. And then that first goal for me coming from Nevo Sullivan from a tight angle. And um, that was the difference, putting me into the lead that they never relinquished and really pushing on after that. And um, Vicky Wall, outstanding. Morrow Shocknessy and Megan Pine, as I mentioned. Um, but again, like we've talked about in all the games so far this weekend, Defence had to uh, come up uh, trumps as well. And uh, certainly this was one place where Mead excelled. Clear through as much as they could at the Royals, but the Mead defence was, was outstanding as well. I mentioned them a try there, just one player who really stood up in terms of Mead's defensive display on a Saturday afternoon in MW Higher Omar Park in Port Leash, of course as well and um, a, a long way back from a, a clear perspective when you're trailing two six to four points at halftime and this is another thing we often talk about darren when we're analyzing games about teams playing over the full 60 minutes and putting in as strong an effort as they can clear held scoreless in the second half that need defensive display really uh, shining through as as well and um, also Clear's free-taking ability deserted them in that second half as well. And Mead really lording the closing 30 minutes or so of this game. Lynch getting Mead's third goal. Megan Tyne, even Cleary. Emma Duggan, who I haven't mentioned so far, also excellent. She chipped in with a point from a free as well. Uh, Grimes then with her second penalty 
that really put the game beyond doubt. But at half time, leading by eight points, Mead were really, really looking good. And they certainly showed that in the second half. Adding further to their tally, of course, scoring 2-7 uh, unanswered in that second half. And ultimately, Mead very, very happy at the final whistle as well. And management, obviously, very delighted in terms of the Mead perspective. Eamon Murray, um, you know, that, that was the way they were playing before COVID came along, he said. And hopefully we'll continue on. Mead had a decent enough uh, league campaign as well. But he did stress, of course, there's no point in doing all of this if they don't win the All-Ireland. And that will be the mantra in both the Mead and Westmead dressing rooms on the 20th of December in Crow Park for the All-Ireland final as well. You know, no one's going to get carried away with big wins or close wins. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, an All-Ireland final and a cup and a promotion to the senior grade is at stake. And one thing I'm delighted to say, and I know it was noted by the Leinster LGFA PRO, Ashling Cleary on Twitter as well. Um, we're going to have a Leinster Championship at senior level next year, which is brilliant to see because obviously with Mead and Westmead being two Leinster teams in the All-Ireland Intermediate Final now, we will have a Leinster Senior Championship next year. I'll best just a final. And interestingly enough, I suppose, in the year that we missed out on having uh, a Leinster Championship because we weren't going to have one anyway because it was just Dublin involved. Uh, that we didn't have uh, the provincial championships for the most part. Of course, Ulster went ahead with theirs, but that we didn't have the uh, provincial championships for the most part and uh, that it's not going to put as big a blot on things that there wasn't a Leinster championship at senior level in 2020 uh, because it was unlikely that it was going to happen if we had enough teams uh, to play at that level. But this, this is the start that from a Leinster perspective, needs more teams to be getting to intermediate finals. We need Mead back up. We need Leash back up. We need Kildare back up. All teams, Westmead, all, uh, all teams that have been at senior level inside the last five years and to be decimated and to have just one team in a, in a Leinster Championship, it's been disappointing. But, um, of course, that one team that are left are doing the Leinster uh, province proud. And when Dublin are going for four in a row in their seventh All-Ireland final in succession, um, yeah, I don't know. There, there's mixed feelings possibly there overall from a Leinster perspective. But for, Len for Leinster Gaelic football, in ladies football, um, for it being the biggest province, it needs a strong senior championship. And hopefully we'll move towards that again over the next five years. Well, as Coley mentioned, we'll have a Leinster Championship. Of course, Mead and Westmead won't be thinking about that and definitely won't be thinking about Dublin uh, for a while. They'll be thinking about each other. After their victory against Clare, I caught up with the Mead Senior Ladies Football Manager, Eamon Murray. I'm delighted to be joined now by the Mead Senior Ladies Football Manager, Eamon Murray. As Eamon, uh, you, you look like you're back in form, a great victory against Clare and back in Crow Park for an Ireland final. Yeah, we're expecting a very tough game yesterday. Uh, we're glad to be back. Everything went well on the day. It's it just one of those days and it, it could just go the other way. So we got to be good, good start and, and, and that's half the battle, really. Two early goals at the second game. Then directly after half time, we're just a bit again that they're going to fight back and we let that go and two points after half time, quick points on. 
I know, like, no trophies were handed out after the game oh. on Saturday, Eamon, and, of course, it's the target is obviously what's going to happen in two weeks' time, but uh, you took great pride from the performance because there were some people starting to doubt Mead's ability to try and get back to the Ireland final. Yeah, it was a very pleasing day for all around, like, for the goalkeeping coach, she'd, uh, Monica had some outstanding saves, one kick-out went wrong near the end, that's the only kick-out we failed to get. Uh, we had very few wides, to give away only one point on play was a massive for our backs, forwards, all played very well. I was very happy with all the coaches we had. It just all came together in one day. And that's the couple we were playing before the club started. So we're like, well, we're really doing very well before before the lockdown, you know. So I'm just worried, can we get that back? So we have to thank God we both want it back at the right time, you know. And that's the challenge as well before the final, which no doubt we'll talk about closer to the game. But as you mentioned, the good start was vital. And Nevo Sullivan and Stacey Grimes have been stepping up all year for Mead when needed. Yeah, we did the old head of the team. They're class acts. And Nevo was very unlucky to come off them. Had to get, come off with a head injury. That's a classic goal she got. That's what she did. She missed last year. So we probably have an improved team on last year. We didn't have hard last year. With the more lucky put back, we got them a strike. That's been massive for this you know. I mean, important as well. Just when you mentioned that as well, will there be any concerns for Neva ahead of the final? No, I don't think these guys don't. We, 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 we don't do hype and read. Like, we've kept very low club the last few weeks. I just felt a tear, maybe we're a little bit hyped up a bit too much for. I think we left more about something, ladies popping a tear them all the last few weeks that maybe didn't help them, you know? If anything, with the way Clare qualified, as you mentioned, of course, there was great momentum about them too to uh, to come back and get into the game as well. So it probably played nicely into your hands because you had that three-week gap to really work on your game after the group matches. Yeah, it worked well, but last week with a lot of injuries and Vicky Wall didn't train last week, she was off bang and training and so she was good hot, she be out and Kelsey Nedwood is still yet to come back. Even Cleary has been training the last few weeks with injuries so, and they all just come back at the right time, I suppose, and... Uh, you mentioned there of course with three weeks to the All-Ireland Final as well and you're able to keep your heads down for this semi-final too it, it, it's a perfect situation to be in to be able to focus completely on the game I will ask you about Westmead before we finish up but that's exactly what you want because the pain of the previous two years is no, will guarantee that the, your team doesn't get carried away no they won't get carried away they won't be left get carried away really but they're too good at Clare for that now they don't, nothing goes to their head and they're very close and I know if one of them doesn't show up in training and show good really about just bringing the form in and of course as we mentioned there the form that you showed in that semi-final will be important quick question in Westmead Eamon before I let you go did you have a chance to look at it?
we haven't really said much. We've had a challenge a few years, but we're very, very different. Like, we would do a photo from them right away. Uh, look, at, they're a good outfit. They're a senior division one team, which we haven't been, and 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 very, very hard, very seasoned team, very. Uh, they're all around the picture. She's very good now, you know. So overall, we'll have a battle. We know we'll have a battle. Could, could that work in an advantage or a disadvantage or does it matter at all because you are neighbours that Westmead will probably come in as slight favourites because they are Division ah, 1 and the team comes from senior? Tipperary last year Division 1 team as well so we're not lucky to meet Tipperary last year I think the favourites are right because of the experience they have but no, don't bother us not at all no. it's, a, it's a local derby it's a local derby so it's interesting to see how it goes different styles they're a lot different but they're a very light fast team so I like listening sports stars because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. Now is the meeting manager, Eamon Murray. Mark your calendar, Sunday the 20th of December, the TG Carroll All-Ireland Intermediate Ladies Football Final meet against Westmead. The TG Carroll All-Ireland Senior Ladies Football Final Dublin against Cork or Galway. We'll find out who that team is next week. Colleen, before we wrap up, of course, Sports Stars Live was on last Saturday. You had a very special guest in Jackie Hurley and through our social media platforms and Sports Stars at the moment, we're running the competition. Yes, indeed. So visit our Twitter or Facebook pages to find out more about how you can win uh, Girls Play 2. Uh, excellent book uh, from the aforementioned author. We'll, uh, that, <laughs> the, the hints are probably already online through some of the entries as to uh, who the author of the book uh, is and the answer to our question. But the, the question is, of course, who is the author of Girls Play 2? Is it Jackie Cahill, Jackie Tyrrell, or Jackie Hurley? And uh, we've got copies of the book to give away on our very first competition and hopefully the first of many competitions to come on Sports Stars as well. Thank you very much for that, Cody. And of course, check our Facebook and Twitter pages if you want to enter that competition. It runs until Wednesday night, and we'll have the details of the winners after that. And an excellent book it is, I must say. My seven K thoroughly enjoyed reading it. What's coming up in sports stars before the end of the week? Unfortunately, this week we have no fair green, but we'll be back with the fair green Tuesday of next week. However, we have plenty going on besides that. Sports Stars Football with Neve Kenlin is on Wednesday. Sports Stars Camogie with Amanda Hobbins on Thursday. And the Curtain Razor with Rena Buckley on Friday. And of course, we'll be looking back at last week's games. We're looking forward to a busy weekend of sport. We have no fewer than nine special guests over the three programmes. We'll be talking to the Antrim Camogie Manager, Maeve Conley, and the Down Camogie Manager, Karen McMullen, ahead of the Liberty Insurance All-Ireland intermediate Camogie final we'll also speak to the Armagh joint captain Orla Murray and the cabin captain Aaron Galligan ahead of the Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Premier Junior Camogie final both those games taking place in Brefty Park in Cavan next Saturday also join us in Sports Stars this week of course we have the TG Carr All-Ireland Junior Ladies Football final we'll hear from Courtney Murphy the Fermanagh captain and their manager Johnny Garrity we'll talk to Laura Hogan the Wicklow captain and their manager Mark Murnahan head of the their big game in Parnell Park, four o'clock on Saturday. And there's a small matter of that All-Ireland Senior Ladies Football City final on Sunday between Cork and Galway. We'll be talking to Galway's Nicola Ward. And with all those programmes, well, don't forget Sports Stars Live. We'll be back sometime next Saturday evening to look back at those three All-Ireland finals. We are heading into December, but action is not slowing down. One iota...
we're going to enjoy the journey all the way to the final game in Crow Park this year. Colin Duffy, thanks a million for joining us here on the third half again. We look forward to hearing you from you again during the week and the weekend. I'm Darren Kelly, and this was the third half. And make sure you check out sportsstars.ie for all our competitions, all our match reports and reaction, and all our podcasts during the week. Thank you, Colin. Thanks very much, Darren. Looking forward to a busy few weeks ahead.